This is the Matt Townsend Show. What creates higher trust for you and the people around you? Your guide on the side. And a lot of us end up spending our entire life searching for what we expect instead of what has actually been given to us. Dr. Matt Townsend. Good morning. I'm Leanna Town. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I think it was yesterday at the dinner table. My husband and I were talking about our standardized test scores from high school. And, you know, mine weren't that high. Yet, I got a good GPA throughout high school and college and got a great degree that I love with three minors and have a job that I love. And I'm not saying this to brag, but I'm saying how people would tell me, oh, you're so smart or you must have gotten these things in life because you're Asian or you're this or you're that. And to me, that's not only untrue, but it's also kind of offensive I I really don't think that I'm smarter than most people. I told him that when you put me against a bunch of peers, I don't really think I test especially higher than them in some areas, but I do know how to work hard. And I feel good about the things that I've earned in life, like my degrees and my job and things that other people might say that I've just lucked out on because I feel like I did just that. I earned them. And again, I'm not saying this to brag because I'm no better or smarter or richer than anyone else, but... I am glad that my parents taught me how to work hard and my situations taught me how to work hard. And my husband was saying the same thing. He started working for his family company at 25 cents an hour when he was 12 years old. And his parents taught him how to work hard and earn what he wanted in life. That's something that we really value in each other and it really helps our marriage that both of us are willing to work hard. And I think it's such a vital skill that all kids need to learn. It's something more precious than an inherited fortune or a new pair of clothes or a big birthday party every year. Learning how to work and, along with that, learning the value of money. So today I've compiled a few interviews about work. The first part of the show is an interview with Elisa Weinstein, and she talks with Matt about how to teach kids the value of work and money and the benefits parents will see in their kids. Today we are talking about your children, your grandchildren. How do we help them truly uh, capture the love of work, the value of a dime or a quarter, which my kids won't even bend over to pick a dime up anymore. I'm like, hey, there's a dime. They're like, yep. They got that tooth fairy. They don't need that. They don't, yeah. They have a tooth <laughs> it is literally not worth their time. <laughs> Dad, I'm just going to go. Can I, can I pull two more teeth? I really want to go get some more iTunes. <laughs> no, let's keep our teeth, son. But you can go give some blood and platelets if you need to. Oh, that is so sad what we're teaching our children. So we're bringing on right now Elisa Weinstein, who is really, uh, I think she's going to add a ton to this discussion. And Elisa is the founder of uh, Ear. Oh, sorry. Earn My Keep. It said here. Earn My Keep Allowance Program. So if you go to earnmykeep.com, there's a great website there all put together by Elisa and her team. She's the author of Earn It, Learn It, Teach Your Children the Value of Money, Work, and Time Well Spent. Uh, Elisa, are you there? I am here, and I'm curious. Can I move into your house so that I can get $5? I'll start well, pulling let's, my teeth out. Let's do it. How, do you have good teeth? I do. They're lovely. Okay. Then they're going to be harder to get out. So actually, no. Yeah, you'll be fine. Come on in. We can afford you. Now, Elisa, you have a couple kidlets of your own. I do. Actually, my youngest just turned five yesterday. Oh, my heavens. Yeah. So I'm having the whole, my baby is five. Isn't that the weird? um, No, that's weird. Well, it's weird. He's a whole hand. Yeah. That's all I keep saying. You're a whole hand. You're moving to the next hand. He'll have to start carrying numbers over to the next hand. Now, help us with this because I think this is an age-old issue, right? How do you teach the value of something that they maybe can't even conceptualize? That's one of the things I love about your site is you help them conceptualize money. Yes. And earning it. Yes. And it actually started when my now eight-year-old, my oldest, turned four. Um, you, you don't real, you know, it's, it's so fun watching your kids learn things that you forget you actually oh, yeah. have to learn. Yeah. yeah. So we were in um, Target, which I will disclaim is probably my favorite store. Oh, yeah. And yes, yeah, awesome. <laughs> and she was having a gimme's moment over. I, she doesn't stop telling people I had a gimme's moment. Okay, fine. She was very vocal. Was she rolling her, her eyes? Mom, don't was, tell She people. was four. She didn't know how to do that yet. Right. But she um, wanted a sparkly pink lip smackers lip balm. Oh, she had to boy. Have yeah, so I told her we would go home and we would count. She would see she had plenty. 
And we did. She, we went home and she counted. She had 13 of them. And she, she didn't need four. another one. Oh, interesting. Okay. Did not need another one. And so I told her in my typical obnoxious fashion to get a job and pay for it herself. <laughs> and as soon as I said that, well, besides the very funny look on her face, I realized I was going to give her a job and a real one. She decided to do my husband's job. So she became a market researcher. Interesting. Yes, like a real job. At four. At four years old. That's great. We need them at all ages. Well, right. I mean, you can always ask to do a survey. So she asked friends and family their favorite kind of ice cream. And when they were done, they made a little pie chart on the computer, and she printed it out, and she presented it to me, her employer. And the whole thing took, like, what, you know, 20 minutes? Yeah. What was so cool was... When I paid her, she was really excited about the $2 because we could then go back to Target and she could buy her own lip balm. Wow. But she, what she was excited about was having had done my husband's job. Interesting, yeah. I'm a yeah. researcher. I'm an adult. I'm, and she's four. And I'm like, oh, this is so cool. So we did it a few more times. And then, you know, because I had nothing else going on in my life at the time, I decided to interview 49 professionals with real jobs. Oh, my word. What it is they did for a living, I talked to, um, let's see, a toy designer from Crayola and a Grammy Award-winning jazz musician from New Orleans, and my buyer was from TJ Maxx, and they told me what it is they did for a living, and I translated that into, like, a thousand things parents and kids can do together to emulate real jobs. Then you pay your child. and Love it. Of, yeah, the book, the program, everything just exploded, and and. You know, you just learn about that connection between work and money. And when you make it, everything falls into place for kids as young as four or five. The little ones, they get it. They love it. Well, and it's not just about it's, it's so it, it goes so much deeper than this, that that this money kind of is a payoff. But it's just more important that you're kind of liking what you're doing. And there's a million things you can do to kind of earn money. It's it really takes this idea so much deeper than just making it about money. It to, it to, I love that you said that because it totally does. And it's actually when, when people ask me what I do, I say, you know, I'm, I'm more it's not financial literacy. It's life literacy. Right. And when you you know, we're talking about entitlement and how do you teach a child work ethic and they have to practice it. You know, you don't come out understanding what it means to be committed to a to a project. You have to practice how good it feels to have that kind of follow through. Mm. And when you're teaching children about money. But, which I call the part two, you know, the, yeah. the saving, the sharing, the spending is part two of financial literacy. When you start at part one with how they earn money in the first place and they try all these amazing careers, you know, costume yeah. designer, investigator, yeah. zoologist, they learn to love work for the sake of work. And the money is no longer the main motivator. See, which is so eventually that'll pay off down the line, right? I mean, right now, Absolutely. my mom tried it completely different. At first, she just wanted our garden weeded, right? <laughs> so she'd throw down a rake and she'd say, Look, you need to weed this much. No, she didn't start there. First, she said, I just, I'll give you this much allowance for this many weeds. And we're like, Sweet. So I just went and pulled the weeds, but I didn't like get the roots. I just piled them in the bucket, showed her that the bucket was full. And then she had to come back and teach me, Well, no, you got to get the roots. So then it was like however many roots. And anyway, it was never I never connected to this job. I didn't want to do it. And I guess there's probably something good in there that, you know, sometimes you just got to do stuff you don't like to do. Yes. But um, but I like yours because eventually these kids can start seeing that this is this is a real deal. And especially like when you get grandma and grandpa involved, grandma and grandpa may have had jobs and, and you can get them involved and let dad talk or grandpa talk about his job and uncles and aunts. When you go to a party, they've all got jobs. So you can you can really start to make a connection even and make it even more real about this work thing. And grandparents love to impart wisdom and and share. And that's the fun of having grandchildren and knowing that and knowing that it's really difficult for the two generations. You know, um, grandparents, the the age difference between grandparents and grandchildren is growing. And a lot of us don't live near the the grandparents anymore. So um, specifically in the book, everything is broken down to these really cute icons, you know, Mm -hmm. this helps with art skills and math skills, manners, social responsibility. Um, In every career, there is at least one intergenerational task that a grandparent or aunt and uncle can do with the child, even when they don't live in the same place. So over the phone, over Skype or fax, I mean, that's great. Yes. I mean, again, it's all about building the camaraderie, the sense of community, what it means to be 
a tiny p- part of a bigger whole. Hmm. And and that's also, I mean, that all goes into charitable giving. And, and it's just, again, it's, it's teaching kids how the real world works. It's helping kids grow up to be responsible global citizens who feel great about it, who, who you know, just want to do it because it feels wonderful. And, hey, I can make a living doing this. Yeah. That is so cool. So. This is, this is I think, I think it's just, this is the, it seems like the smarter way to teach just an age-old issue or trick. It's, yeah, it's, did you know that we've been teaching our kids a lot? I learned this while I was in the middle of writing the book. For a hundred years, I guess actually now more, we have been grappling with whether or not you pay for chores and hmm. giving kids money to try with. For a hundred years, we've been doing um, allowance this way in our country. Really? And it really, yeah, it was so fascinating. Um, I learned that it really took hold um, um, sort of around the Depression is where it became a really big deal, right. where obviously parents wanted their kids to understand about money. But right before that time, there was a, kids wanted money, candy for the movies. You know, they want to, and so that's where the yeah. whole thing started. And that was a really fun thing when I, you know, six months into writing the book, I just had this, when did this all start? You know, we all know to do this, but mm-hmm. when? And, and so that was, that was really fun to uncover. Well, and I think you've done it in an interesting way too, because it seems like, you know, back in the day in the old world, we would have, we would have like followed our parents in their job and done a yeah. little journeyman work and figured out their trade. And it almost seems like nowadays we just kind of send kids to college to figure it out. And, and, and someone, you're doing it a little earlier. A lot earlier. And it's, um, it's a little bit almost of an apprenticeship kind of thing. Right. You know, my, my children have had so many different careers. Like this, you know, last year, this time they were set designers and they decided where everything was going to go with all of our Halloween decorations. <laughs> you know, for having guests come, they become guest relations manager and they're in charge of making sure, you know, that the bed is made, there's clean towels, you know. That is so great. Yeah, they'll make like a, a spa package and they'll put in like an actual fresh bar of soap. I can't believe we found one of those in our house. And, you know, it, it's um, they're, they're sort of seeing how fun it can be to have a job to test out what it's like to be an adult. And what's really fun is when the kids find something and latch onto yeah. it. Cause I cannot peel my daughter from being a pastry chef. See, that That's is all huge. she wants to do. Pastry my, chef. my kids want to be um, video game creators and designers. That's a really cool job. Yeah, it is. They, they've mastered it. Um, the problem is they, I haven't framed it as a job. They just call it fun time. <laughs> So we're going to come back, Elisa. Elisa Weinstein is with us, uh, the founder of EarnMyKeep.com. We're going to come back and, and get into her mind a little bit more. What are some do's, some don'ts when it comes to, to allowance programs for your kids? What are some other rules that she'd give us? We'll be back with Elisa right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. listening to Elisa Weinstein about teaching kids the value of work. She talked with Matt about how parents should emulate real job tasks with their little kids and then pay kids when they accomplish them. But it doesn't have to be a lot of money. So they can feel the satisfaction of earning stuff for themselves and not just always having their parents buy them what they want. So in this next part, she's going to give a few do's and don'ts of teaching kids financial and life literacy. Let's go back to our great guest, Elisa Weinstein. Elisa, are you there? I am here. Did you hear that uh, little bio there on our producer? I'm, first of all, I'm so floored and impressed. She's pretty and good. it actually validates the fact that I have Mia with seven. She's been putting away her own laundry and folding. Yeah. It makes me feel better and less like mean mom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, what is so amazing is what you said at the end, and all I kept hearing in my head was, if you can hear, if parents and grandparents can hear how self-fulfilled you are, and today, parents are very uncomfortable with making their children unhappy. It's really hard to watch your kids upset. And that's part of it is we want to please, we want to please, and we don't realize the detriment that we're doing. 
you know, and, and sometimes my daughter will get really upset and I'll look at her. I'm like, you're making me so happy because <laughs> so I, know, I know, I know I'm teaching you the right thing. And she's like, that's not nice. I go, I love you. I'm so sorry. But like, <laughs> I'm not sorry. You, you really need to be doing this. This will totally benefit you as an adult and you have to trust me. And she's, we have that relationship. We've built that relationship over time. It, you know, it doesn't happen overnight, No, but and and it does, and it happens, I guess, by making, you know, by pushing back on these kids like your parents did. Madison. It's true. They had me do all that stuff from a very early age, and as a result, I mean, I like some people were freaking out about moving out for college. They're like, I don't know if I can do it, but for me, I'm like, Psh, I know how to do everything. Let's, Let's do get it. Out. Yeah. <laughs> See, it is that it's, she really is very um, self assured. You and hit it on the head. Want. Well, I mean, really, if you yeah. can have anything that you can give your child other than, you know, this allowance and some great job ideas, really, it's just self-confidence, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's the self-worth. It's the self. It's just understanding how great it feels to be able to take care of yourself and that that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's why the program is Earn My Keep and not Earn Your Keep. Exactly. You know, I you love want that. These yeah, we want the kids to feel that for themselves. That's an amazingly empowering feeling. What else do you think as parents? We're just, we're kind of, we're, I, like, I guess your idea there is we're, we're focused more on making them happy than making them self-assured. Um, what, what else are we doing maybe not so well that, you, that you've kind of tried to incorporate in earnmykeep.com? Well, there's, there's a couple things. Like the first thing is parents do not prioritize financial or life literacy. And I get this a lot. I hear, you know, my kid has baseball six days a week and we have practice and we have homework and then there's birthday parties. And I have all of that too. You know, I totally get it. I'm living the same life. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, when my child's children graduate from high school, I want to be able to look back and know that I took the time to do the stuff that was the most important to me. Mm-hmm. And so I think that parents really need to stop and think, will my child be a professional baseball player? <laughs> I don't know. Will my child have to deal with money? I'm pretty sure they're going to have to. Definitely. So, yeah, the first thing is sort of really taking a moment and reprioritizing what we're actually focusing on as gifts to our children. Because if you hadn't, um, you if you hadn't done that, that would have been, your daughter would have had like fifty lip balms by now. She, well, no, she never would have had that. I still would have been mean, mom. Okay. But and, and for the record, I wanted to say that I did not get her all of those lip balms. They were gifts. It was she right stole after the some of them, didn't she? Elisa. No, but it, yeah, it really, so, but it's, that's the problem is everyone else keeps giving too, which is kind of nice to get everyone else. I mean, not everyone, but grandma, grandpa, neighbors, friends. If they could get on the same page as you are. You're golden. Yeah. yeah. No, definitely. I think the other thing, you know, about teaching kids this kind of thing is we think, you know, we're not good at it and therefore we can't teach it to our right. kids. Right. And trust me, I'm working through my own adult financial issues. You know, mm-hmm. my husband and I were not, we were not raised with Earn My Keep. So mm-hmm. we, you know, didn't learn from such a young age what to do. And, and so I'm learning with her and every day we're exploring something new and, and understanding that your financial life is going to change based on your partner, your, your job, your, whether or not you're stopping because of a, a life-changing event, whether you're getting divorced or you're having a child or you're becoming a grandparent or you're retiring helping children understand, learning how to ebb and flow and that you can make a mistake and this is what you do to fix it. Mm. I think parents get stopped because they're so scared to teach their child something wrong that they don't even make that first step. It's It's almost like everything, like about sex, about money, politics. We don't, we don't make it a priority. I guess we kind of think these are all things that life will teach them, but life teaches kind of a hard, in a harder way. Don't, doesn't it? Yeah. It, it teaches you. I mean, the, I've been to I have a daughter that's 19 years old and I've been to the first day of school where they're handing out credit cards and getting these oh. kids credit cards. And you're thinking, you don't have a clue what that even means. So no. it, it's a big deal. And if we don't teach them as parents and grandparents, family members, someone else is going to step right in. It's just going to be a credit bureau. And it's going to be much later. And the thing is also is like credit cards aren't bad. We need to have right. credit. Yeah. And you can't buy things without credit. It's all about responsibility and knowing how to handle it responsibly before they make. You want them to make the mistake at home, you know, with their $5 a week. Right. Then you do with a $15,000 shopping spree to Best Buy. Ugh. Um, 
So, yeah. And I, I think another thing that gets really hard with teaching kids about life and money is that we're not consistent. Right. And that, that's without question the hardest thing. So I often tell parents, you know, for me, I don't care whether you do earn my keep or you pay for chores or you don't pay for your chores or, you know, it's so personal and that's what's wonderful. There's so many options. But what I do care about and what I've learned through all of this is even if you need to take a break occasionally, we're actually in the middle of one right now. My family was in town, too many birthday parties. We had to take like a couple weeks just (laughs) to focus. But as long as you jump back into it and it is a constant in your kids' lives, over the course of time, they'll get it. You don't have to teach them everything at once, as opposed to my parents, who rock, love them to pieces, but I got the budget talk when I graduated and got my first job and was on my own, and this is how you set up a budget, and this is what you do. That was my first yeah. time doing it. That's what we don't want for our children. We don't want that shock. Surprise! Welcome Hello. to the big world. <laughs> Thanks for sticking with us. I'm Leanna Tan, and this is The Matt Townsend Show. We're finishing up this last bit of the interview with Elisa Weinstein about teaching kids about work and money. I like how she said that teaching kids about work isn't just about teaching them how to earn money, because work isn't just about money. It's also about teaching them the joy of work, whether that has monetary benefits or not. So one common question parents have is, should you pay your kids to do chores then? And in this last part of the interview, Elisa delves a little deeper to answer some of those questions. That's actually one of the things I talk to parents a lot about chores and about um, teaching kids that work isn't fun. And the chores need to be done. I think that we go into them <laughs> yeah. telling kids chores are lame and they're boring and, and, you know, we don't talk about how great chores are. We're a part of a family. You need to learn these basic skills. Look at how great the garden looks when you've done all the weeding. So chores get such a bad rap and they're such a great thing. Um, Also, I kind of feel bad for him because they probably should have given him a variety of things rather than weeding every week. Totally agree. Totally. Um, But the other thing is just in general, when we pay children for doing chores, I feel that you're paying them, you're teaching them to make money for doing something that they don't really want to do, that work is not fulfilling, work is not exciting. In and of itself, work's not fulfilling, yeah. Exactly. So that's, and I mean, yeah, he was really funny. He's good. And and he really, he obviously learned, but it seems like the universal evil are, are weeds. Yeah, apparently so. Do you know what I mean? That kind of ruined my life. It ruined Bryce's life. Yeah, I I That's still funny. won't I still won't grab weeds with my bare hands. I, I Bryce is a complex. It's funny. So you're scarred for life from that. <laughs> Unfortunately, Maybe that's why I don't like to make my bed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. did you have weeds in your bed? I wouldn't like we my bed not. either. That that was my thing. That was the making you, of the yeah. bed. See, the we bed. never made our bed. Yeah. Well, I really did a good job of it. Does your, I want did my mu- Yeah. Does your husband mm-hmm. make the bed? No. Rude. Which means it's not made. <laughs> Which means you know what? Well, that's what your kids are for. You need to have you need to have one of your one of the things on your website to be a housekeeper. Trust me, that that does come up. People ask me gardening is the yes. first one they ask. Weeding. Um, and then housekeeper. And you know what? You're not going to get paid to make your own bed, but you could grow up and get paid to make somebody else's. So you need to learn how to do it. I think that's it's my I, answer. I love your approach. I really do because you're you're taking it above and beyond. And like what Bryce was saying, so it really may not be about getting the job done right or well. In your case, it's just more about teaching them the value of work. Yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking about a variety of projects that were not done well right. by professional standards, standards. but by, <laughs> by a that four-year-old. particular, yes, but yeah. by that particular child's standards, you're talking like the furrowed brow and the tongue sticking out Mm -hmm. and the like totally intense, like I'm going to finish this and I'm going to do it right. Like it's, it is incredible when you, when you allow a child, you know, kid, you know, four to 12 years old, the opportunity to act like an adult and, and reach that bar, Mm -hmm. you'd be shocked at their effort of, of what they will do to reach it. I love it. And you've tied him. I love it. I see like every one of these are an opportunity to tie them kind of into reality that there's and after, you know, you've done 30 or 40 of them over their lifetime, they're kind of tied to reality and they understand that work is something that you just you do and you find the joy somewhere in there and, you know, you'll get compensated. 
Exactly. And if you don't, you yeah. at least learn to work. I mean, that's one of the funniest things I keep trying to teach interns and some of the people that come around this the studio and stuff is volunteer. Like literally every job I've ever had, I got because I did it for free. And um, I've just found if, you know, the the work itself can teach you enough to go actually eventually make good money doing it. Definitely. Give me, um, as we kind of are wrapping this up, what... What else? What else have you learned about us as parents? I mean, I like I really think you're right on about us not being consistent enough. I think the biggest problem to trying to keep a child engaged in something like this is that we are so not disciplined as parents. We don't no. even know. I, I, I mean, one of the reasons why our tooth fairy pays five dollars a tooth <laughs> is because we can't even remember to make change before we get home. Uh, we would. I mean, anyway, I've heard of tooth fairies stealing money from kids banks just to pay off the kids. Does that not yeah, sound like a debt crisis to you? That, that's, a, that's a whole nother conversation <laughs> that we could have. But, you know, I think that um, finding a way to make it easy and fun is the first, you know, getting out of the mindset that I have to teach my kids about money, and this is a right. very serious subject. And once you get past that, and once you allow yourself to make mistakes and grow with your kids, I think the pressure comes off. Yeah. And it becomes something that you're actually looking forward to. I mean, it truly is a gift. It is the greatest gift you can give your kids is the ability to function like a productive member of society. Right. So, you know, that, that's, it, to me, it feels like every time we do something like this together, it feels like a present. You know, and I'm not saying it's easy to fit it in or to remember to have the money for payday. There's awesome, awesome online um, family banks that function like a real bank, hmm. but they don't use real money. So if you Google it, um, really, you can, yeah, give like, us a name allow, on one. Um, well, two that I really, really like. One is you can find at famzoo.com, and another one is moneytrail.net. Um, those are two. I happen to know the, the founders of those well, and they're wonderful people, answer all sorts of questions. And it's the kind of thing where you, it acts like a real bank. You know, you track the amount of money. You're, you know, your child tracks, like, the amount of money that they have and they don't have, and when they take it out, and, and when you, you can have a list of what their chores are or their oh, careers, great. whatever you do. Yeah. And it makes it much easier than having to find that cash. But I will say that for little children or even older kids that are just starting out, starting with hard cash is really important because first they need to grasp this is a $5 bill, this yeah. is a dollar bill, you know, and, and making that connection. But once they have that down, those virtual banks will save a lot of headaches and they're fun. And again, it's all a real world experience because eventually, you know, we're all banking online. They need to learn how to bank yeah. online. They don't then have virtual creditors that are calling to bill collect, do they? No, they don't. But I'm working on a virtual <laughs> credit card for my children. Oh, I my love daughter it. Really wants, yeah, she really wants a credit card. And so I told her I'm going to make her one. We're going to make it out of glitter and cardboard. <laughs> and then I'm going to get her a statement once a month and she's going to see how what happens if she doesn't pay it. Love that. You know, Bryce has one that has glitter on it, too. And that he glitter does. gets everywhere. That glitter gets everywhere. It gums up every credit card <laughs> machine you've ever seen. Well, awesome. uh, as we wrap this up, Elisa, what's the one thing? We always kind of like to end on the one thing that makes all the difference. If we could just have everyone leave listening and knowing one thing from Elisa Weinstein, what is it? Oh, I'm debating between have fun and prioritize it. Love it. Can I say them both? Yep, prioritize it by it. having fun. Have fun while you prioritize. These are your that. kids. This this should be fun anyway, kids. right? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's really some of the most fun that we have together. I think I think you're right on. And and honestly, I think you've added a lot to it. So everybody, go check out Elisa's website at earnmykeep.com. If you're a grandparent out there, send your grandkids and your and your children to go check it out. Also, you can read her book. Uh, she's the author, again, of Earn It, Learn It, Teach Your Children the Value of Money, Work, and Time Well Spent. Elisa Weinstein, thank you so much. We're going to have you back. We're going to have to have you back to help us get through Christmas so that these kids <laughs> don't just keep wanting everything they see. Oh, I got all sorts of stuff for that conversation, cool. too. <laughs> for sure. We'll have you back, Elisa. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You bet. Take care. And uh, we're going to be back. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
the rest of today's Matt Townsend episode. We've been talking about the value of work and specifically how parents can teach their kids to work. But let's change gears a little bit. What about parents? Do they really value work? What if part of valuing work includes valuing time in the home and realizing the actual purpose of earning an income and working around the house? So I have a couple of back-to-back segments for you with some real-life experiences from women in the workforce about how to balance work and home life. This first one is with Susan Peterson, who was the winner of the reality business show Shark Tank a few years back. You were on the Shark Tank. They were circling. They smelled Uh blood. Uh Not really. It wasn't yours. It was from the dead person (laughs) that went before you. uh, Susan is from the website freshlypicked.com. And she's a moccasin maker. She just made cute little moccasins for her cute, chubby little son's foot. Uh-huh. And it turned into now this huge enterprise. Shark Tank picks you up. Yep. They invested how much? How much did they give 150K. you? 150K. 150 grand. By the way, a lot of hide. Yeah. That's a lot of skin. <laughs> a lot of skin $200. in the game. Yeah. You know yeah, how that many... is a lot of skin in the game. <laughs> look, how, look at how many windows you would have had to break. It would have taken me years. Years. But see, they jump in. They see your story. But I would have just hired people at no, that point. Yeah. yeah. Well, of course. You just start throwing money at URLs and people. <laughs> all that stuff. Just like driving around in your Cadillac with your leather seats. It. No. Okay. No. Your minivan. Yeah, minivan. With your leather seats to carry all the moccasins. Yep. So then you start building the business. Yeah. So how do you... Go from just the cute little Provo mommy uh-huh. making, just sewing some things here yeah. and there. Now you're running an enterprise, yeah. a business. Did so, it blow you away? Um, well, it was, I mean, like I said, we've been at this almost yeah, five years. five years. So it started with one employee and then we had an, added another one. And then my problem is like most entrepreneurs, it's hard for me to let go. Mm-hmm. It's really Well, because hard. they don't do it right. Right. No one does it right. <laughs> Quite like you would do it right. Right. It's like watching your spouse do the dishes, right? That's right. Oh, yeah. My <laughs> wife, she, she likes to watch me. We just never get that far. <laughs> I go really slow because it wears her out. And she's like, let me do it. Um, so we, we just hired slow. We were able to actually grow pretty slowly. That's great. Yeah, we had a slow growth. But, but it, did, it, did that overwhelm you? I mean, did it all of a sudden <clears throat> are you like... I can't trust anyone else to quite do it, so I guess I have to run it. No, I mean, you want it. You want to. You want to run your business, yeah. but you have to be able to let go of. You have. I. I. I don't remember. Where I read this, but it's do what you do best and hire out the rest. You really yeah. have to just hire everything else out and be willing to. You know, let it go. Kind of teach them the the overarching gu- guidelines, uh-huh. I guess, and then mm-hmm. let them deliver it. Yeah, you have to allow people to make mistakes. Do you believe in life work balance? No. Do you, do you believe that that concept exists? I think Why? it's a myth. I do too. Keep going. Um, I just think that it's. Well, as a woman entrepreneur, I think it's something that some man made up to yeah. make us feel better well, they probably about working outside of the house. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I don't, I don't think it. There, look, there's no such thing as balance in anything. Right. Like, if you're if if you're like a soccer player, you can't be a good forward and a good defender. Right. You got to choose. Right. And in life, you can't do everything. See, you really but, can't. Oh, but there's so many people that are like, oh, do not say that. Susan Peterson, <laughs> do not say you can't have everything. But um, you, you, you can have what's important, but I, you can't have no, you, everything. You can't. No. And this life is not I, – I don't think life's set up yeah. for you to have everything. You, you can't. I think that um, for me, it comes down to a series of prioritized choices mm. that I make every day. And a lot of those – so you kind of got to choose family, I guess, is a prioritized mm-hmm. choice mm-hmm. over – what maybe going to some shows to go show your moccasins, and there's some shows you got to go to. Well, so I have my non-negotiables, yeah, and then I have my negotiables, and then I have my fluff pieces. We'll call them. Wow. So, okay, my so n- what are your nego- what are your non-negotiables? My non-negotiables are my gym time in the morning. Really? Okay. Yes, my at least six hours of sleep. Wow, okay. Um, and then my scripture study. That's kind of cool. So Jim, whoever oh, he is. and then also, yeah, <laughs> Jim time in the morning. Um, and then also our family dinner time. So Jim, mm-hmm. um, workout, 
Yeah, so work out. Oh, in that the is Jim. Uh huh. Yeah, Jim's not a man. Okay, Jim. <laughs> uh, scriptures. Uh huh. And what was your other one? Six oh, sleep. Hours Six of hours sleep. of sleep. And then we do we do family dinner. Family dinner. And that's a no technology at the dinner table. Wow. And so those are my non-negotiables. No matter what, every day you're going to get that. That's what I strive for. That's great. I don't. The thing is also, I think with work-life balance, if you say, "Oh, I have to balance, otherwise." I'm not going to – then you set yourself up to fail yeah. because you can't do it. No, yeah. And so, I mean, but those things are things that you can build habits off of, right? Like Plus, you can build habit off of going to the gym every morning, reading your scriptures. Well, each one of those or, seems like they rejuvenate you too. Right. So each one of those seem to give you energy. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Your non-negotiables are energizers. Yeah. They're things that make you stronger. Right. But then but then you're able to give more of yourself to other yeah. people. I yeah. love that. And then my negotiables are I try to be home by six and that should maybe be a non negotiable, but yeah. you know, I'm running a business and but so if not you can get home at seven and we'll right. have dinner at we seven. We have dinner, yeah. And then um I and then I try to eat right. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's negotiable. negotiable. <laughs> right, sure. Like, sure. Lean cuisine or a... Well, you just get in a couple green smoothies a week, and then you can have your chips yeah. and cookies, it's right? exactly... <laughs> that's so true. Yeah. Huh? And then the rest are, I think, I think you know, for me, it's... Uh, I always... Whenever you see on a, an airline where they say you got to put your yeah. mask yeah. on get first... get your mask on. ...before you can help someone else, yeah. you have to make sure that you can take care of yourself before you can take care of a business right. or a family or a spouse. Um and so the gym, I don't, I mean. That's life or death. Yeah, for me, it's life or death. I'm not I'm not in the best shape of anyone out there, but it really helps recharge me. That's amazing. I mean, like, th- that's your priority. That That's, like, I would have probably put sleep about, I don't know, 10 hours. <laughs> Scriptures I'd put in there. You get 10 hours of sleep a no, night? No, I know, but that would be my non-negotiable. I feel like you think, oh, when I retire, I do that. But retired people don't get that much sleep, No, in fact, they? that's the problem is we're going to all be sleeping like five hours anyway. <laughs> so let's not be doing it now. Right, what, yeah. are we crazy? Yeah. And then you have your fluff ones, which are just anything else oh, that gets like in the way. like a television show yeah. you might want to watch. Shark Tank. Shark Tank, yeah. <laughs> you won't watch it anymore because you've got post-traumatic uh, stress. No, I can't do it. The I door's can't. open and the music starts yeah. and I'm like, turn uh, it off. <laughs> it stresses me out and I've never even been on the show. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to take a break. We're talking <laughs> with Susan Peterson. She's going to come back and continue to enlighten us about, um, you know, maybe blowing up the work-life balance myth. I like the idea that you blew that up. Now, sure, everyone's going to hate you. No one will hate me. That's real. But I think you're right on. People don't hate me. No, how could they hate you? You won Shark Tank for crying out loud. We'll be right back. You're listening to Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. non-negotiables. You can never do everything in life, so you have to figure out what is most important to you and where you can give a little and where you will stand your ground. I like that. So to close today's episode, we are going to hear from another woman in the workforce, Brooke Walker, who is the host and producer of a local television program here in Utah, and hear what she has to say about balancing work and home life. You can't have everything you want. Now, I'm a believer you can have um, a lot of what's important to you, But at some point, we're going to have to start making decisions, and decisions have consequences, right? So when I start to make some decisions about uh, am I going to make – am I going to go for more money here or am I going to need – do I want to be home more? Sometimes you're going to have to choose, and um, it might mean at times you got to have less money, and sometimes you got to – be home more. And there's a consequence. There's also a benefit, right? So everything isn't always a negative consequence. Sometimes there's very, very positive benefits that come just by saying no. Um, and sometimes saying yes. Uh, it's just as important at times that we get to work. Um, there's a great um, lesson I learned just as a dad that at some point in my life, uh, my kids also want me to go to work. And going to work teaches them a lot of very valuable things about hard work and about being able to do and be somebody that you need to be. And so that's kind of one of the goals yet. Um, James, hey, we're we're trying to get Brooke on the phone. Brooke Walker is our guest and is 
you know, she's a good friend of mine. She is somebody that works her head off to, to make life happen. And uh, she's just trying to call in right now. She's uh, she's runs a television show, basically, called Studio 5 here in Salt Lake City. And uh, she's a very, very popular host. She's also um, a killer aunt extraordinaire and just a good friend. She has more friends than I think anybody on the face of the earth. But So she's had to figure out how to balance both work and home. And um, we're trying to get her on the phone because she's got some wonderful ideas and points. James? You know, I, I was upon hearing about, you know, all these different ideas about you know, wor- balancing work and, and other things in life. Yeah. I, I heard once a really good um, example of, you know, what it's like to balance. It's like, a you know, at the carnival and at, uh, at the circus, you, yeah. have, you have the ba- plate balancing act. Right, those and guys spinning the plates. Exactly. Yeah. Somebody said that balancing things in your life, you, you, you can't constantly be spinning all of the plates, you know. Yeah. Your focus is going to be on one plate, and you can spin that, make sure that's going well. Get that well. one's going. Get yeah. that one going. Exactly. Yeah. And when you notice that another plate's starting to wobble, that, you know, you need to adjust your focus yeah. and be able to start spinning that plate. one. Exactly. Now, what do you do when your kids come in and then start breaking all the plates? Then um, balances out the door. You got you need to get more plates. I guess. <laughs> but it is kind of funny that way. I always, when I would do my um, like my workshops and my classes, I'd always have everybody stand up, and then I'd make them like balance on one foot in a really awkward position. And um, what was so amazing about it is they could do it as long as you let them keep their eyes open. And the minute you have them, then I, all of a sudden I see on the count of three, I'm going to have everybody close their eyes, and I'd have them cover their eyes with their hands. The minute they had to cover their eyes, they'd lose their balance. So there's a huge key to balance, which is vision. You have to have vision for what your life is about in order to stay balanced. And a lot of us don't understand the importance of vision to our balance. Um, it's just easier. So in life, if you want to have a, a, more, a, a greater sense of balance in your life, one of the greatest things you can probably do is start to understand your vision. And if you remember, Susan, our, our guest earlier, she was talking about you got to know what your, um, your absolute, you know, unquestionable things that you're going to do. Your, your non, what you call them, James, you remember? Non-negotiables. The non-negotiables. So uh, who better to teach us that than our good friend, Brooke Walker, who we finally got on the phone. Brooke is a producer, TV producer, TV anchor, uh, uh, show host on Studio 5 up in Salt Lake City, the number one uh, morning, I don't know what we call it. I'll have to ask her the exact title of the show. But, Brooke, are you on the phone with us? Yes, sir. How are you, here. girlfriend? We're, we're on in the afternoon now. I oh, that's right. You're on in the afternoon. So what's that going to do? Because you used to be the number one whatever, whatever, morning, whatever show. <laughs> we'll just keep the number and just change the time. Okay, that's good. But you know what? You're How are you? Sh- I'm excellent. And I guess what? I still have a cough. Oh my gosh! Pull it together, it's Townsend. Been three weeks. I know. It's because I, it's because I go and I yodel. I go to those yodeling contests. <laughs> and you win. You are number one. I am. A, I'm a top yodeler yeah. in the West. Yes. So Brooklyn, um, here you sit. Uh, you're the greatest aunt in the world. I know that. Greatest oh boy, daughter in the world. Married to Mark the stud. Yeah. Uh, what What have you learned? But busier than ever. You are one busy woman. And um, what have you learned? You, you've got, I know, you know, three keys to get rid of the guilt. Get the guilt out of your, you know, work-life balance. How do we do that? I do. Well, because let me just say, women, we drag ourselves down with this guilt. You I know, know. What is up with that? You coach women, you're married to a woman. I know. I mean, you totally. get it. Yeah. We just wait, let the guilt just weigh us down to the point that we're just not functioning and we're not happy and that's a bad combination. The funny thing was when your producer contacted me and said, Hey, we're doing this, you know, show on work-life balance. Could you contribute? At the moment, I was feeling like the most unbalanced creature. You were out. You were overwhelmed, out of control. Yeah. It was kind of an LOL moment because I thought, sure, I'm happy to talk sure, about I'd work-life love to. balance as I'm sitting there, like burning dinner and trying to email <laughs> and all of that. Yeah. But I do. I, I kind of drilled down on three things that work for me. I yeah. mean, every woman's different, but in my life, these three things have really helped me feel balanced. Sweet. So the first one is just to do it now. Yes. And here's the thing. Women, we let the extras weigh us down. Like, we don't feel like we're succeeding or contributing or doing well if the extras aren't taken care of. That's so, right. for example, the kids can be dressed, dinner can be, I mean, it can be fed for the most part. It might have been mac and cheese, but hey, they had yeah, food in their Yeah, They got stomach. a meal. 
Right. We, we are living, we're breathing, but at the end of the day, if we're not frosting the cake with extra, you know, yeah. and doodads, we don't feel like we're making it, right? Yeah. So you're not, you That's don't even want to just feel. be good. You want to be good at everything, including the extras. Yes. And so for me, those extras will only get done if I stop and do them right now. So I'm a hoarder of stationery, for example. I don't know if you know this about I've no, me, no, I've heard. I, I've heard. Oh, I Mark love says he can't even sleep in the bed because you have so much, so many paper products around you. It's bad. We have reality shows knocking down our door. <laughs> it's really bad. But I just, I love the thoughtfulness of a handwritten thank you card. Yeah. And so I've learned that that will make me feel, my life will feel imbalanced also better if I can do a little extra like that. So when the thought crosses my mind, hey, you know, you were grateful that, you know, Matt did such a great job on your television show last week. The second I have that thought, I just stop right. what I'm doing, I drop what I'm doing, and I do it right then. Otherwise, wow. it will never get done. I, I don't know that I've ever had a handwritten note from you. Well, it's coming. Check your mail. <laughs> but you know what? Or it will be right after I'm done with this interview. No, don't you dare, because the, I'm the last one you need to worry about, because that is so out of the realm. That is above and beyond. You know what it, I mean? It's a little extra, but I think it will for a lot of women. I think they'll connect with the idea. No, I think you're right. You'd, you know, you do a little bit extra, and you feel like you got your world together. Wow. So stop and do it now. Do it now. If you look at your car dashboard, and you see that you've got a fourth of a tank of gas left, rather than wait until you're running late to a work meeting, just stop and do That's it great. now. When you can, stop, drop, and do it now. That's a great – take piece, the guilt out. Yep. Yeah, there you go. Number guilt two. Out. Number two. Are you taking notes? Yeah, I am, actually. Oh, good. Number two. Do you two. know Jenny Oaks Baker? Yes. She's a violinist extraordinaire. She is. She is one of America's most accomplished violinists, and I learned this from her. She was on my show many, many years ago. In fact, I just checked. The interview's still there. If you want to go to studio5.kfl.com and type in life balance, cool. her interview is the first one to pop up. But she taught me to outsource the unimportant. Mm. So at the time, Jenny was, I mean, she is. She's one of America's most accomplished violinists. She's released 10 studio albums. She's been nominated for a Grammy. The woman's a rock star. Yeah. She has a husband. She has four kids. Her life is crazy. And she just said that one day she had the aha that she doesn't need to do the dishes to be a good mom. That there were little things that she was letting, you know, throw her off balance and and worry herself into a tizzy that really at the end of the day didn't matter. You were talking about having vision and having priorities. And she's a woman that sets really strong priorities. And then if those little things don't fit into those priorities, like the dishes, for example, she's not going to worry about them. So when she can... She hires, I think, a gal from her neighborhood. She said, pays her 10 bucks an hour to come over and sweep the floor and yeah. clean the sink. And the little things that really, at the end of the day, don't matter. Right. Well, see, and, and you, can even, um, you can even outsource it to your kids. There you go. I mean, sometimes we don't even allow our kids to do certain things like that. So if you don't have the money to go hire somebody, but when you think of what Jenny Oaks thinks, I mean, her time is worth something. And exactly. so to, to like start saying, I'm, I'm just going to outsource certain things and be able I mean, what's it worth to be able to go spend more time with your kids instead of doing the dishes? Right. I can't hire somebody to, uh, well, I guess she could, but she didn't want to hire somebody to read her children a bedtime story right. and talk them in at night. That's the moment she wanted to invest in. So for the unimportant things like dishes, she just outsourced it. Or, hey, paper plates. Come on. I love it. Hey, I'm a big fan of those. I am too. I use those a lot. <laughs> we, you know what? I don't even use paper plates anymore. Uh, paper towels. I mean, sure, oh, it's gross, but whatever. You know what? It's just a, it's just a hot pocket anyway. Look at you simplifying. I love it. That's cool. What's your number three? Number three, and again, this is works for me. Maybe it will help. Taking me. the I don't guilt know, out. Yeah, give yourself a deadline and walk away. I like this that. Is something as a journalist, I've had the fortune, I will call it, of constantly working under a deadline for the last ten years yeah. of my career. And yet, while deadlines drive me crazy sometimes, they're also a huge blessing because it's due, it's done. You've got to turn that article in or you've got to turn that television interview in. And then it's done. It's out of your hands and you're free. And yeah. I found myself lately kind of self-imposing deadlines for little life things that I would just sit and fret over and worry about or, you know, emails are never done or the house is never clean enough. But give yourself a deadline and say by two o'clock, no matter where I'm at in the process of this chore or this responsibility, I'm going to be done. That's my deadline. And I'm totally going to walk away. I love it. And I, I, I think cause you get a ton done, but part of it is cause your whole day is deadline driven, right? I mean, you the have to have certain day. things done before you can leave and you want right. to leave at whatever time. So, it, I mean, it does add stress, but it also, that stress might be the good stress that gets you to get stuff done. Yeah, and it, it allows you then to be manager of your own clock, which a lot of times balance is just 
getting control of your watch again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Taking control of your schedule and your time. So it allows you then to set those boundaries for yourself, and then you're done, and you can go, you know, cook up some Hot Pockets and enjoy the rest of your well, day. Right, and, and, and then just throw your paper towel away. <laughs> exactly. It's done. See, those are – so check that out. Do it now. Stop. Do it now. Uh, outsource the unimportant and give yourself a deadline and walk away. Yes. I yes. love that. Works for me. It's almost like, you know, you've done this. Well, <laughs> you know, balance is kind of a daily pursuit, don't you think? Well, I, I totally agree. And you, uh, I mean, really, some people, I don't balance stuff well because I procrastinate. I don't do anything now. I always think, oh, I'll do that in a minute. And then ironically, it's not, not even, it's just I forget. Right. But then you're saying, no, get it done, get it pumped out there, you know, sometimes. And don't feel guilty about it. Just live your life for the happy factor. See, live your life. Live your life. Brooke, what should I do um, about my bronchitis? Because it's not going away. I might start there. Hold on. What? A doctor? doctor? (laughs) I have never (laughs) thought of that. You men. No, it's been like two weeks, hasn't it? Yeah, two and a half. I I, I mean, at what point is it something to worry about? Well, and you've tried all the remedies. Like you've tried standing oh, yeah. on your head while mm-hmm. eating a hot pocket. You've oh, tried yeah. it all. Yeah, I tried really hot pockets. Yeah, I I've tried don't cold know. pockets. And you know, and I still get the chills. Is that bad? You know, that would be called a fever. Okay. <sighs> really, if you could kick it, your audio guy would be so grateful because isn't his finger like ready on the yeah, dial? Yeah, it's constantly. He has to. Yeah, back? exactly. Because I'm totally coughing here and there. He'd be grateful too. So he might even be willing to chip in on that doctor bill. I'm just saying it might be worth another visit. I don't know. Let's see, James. Would you be willing to chip in on my doctor bill? Uh, how much is your doctor bill? Uh, probably tens of thousands. Uh, I could take pick up a couple thousand. I think. Wow. Oh. <laughs> wow. See, there you go. Ask the audio guy. He always has the answer. Uh, and by the way, apparently the money. He's got okay. the money, Brooklyn. <laughs> Brooke, you're the best. Take care of yourself. Keep hey, up the good work. And, uh, you know, I'll see you Friday. I know. What are we talking about? I don't know. I don't like Get to find that. these things out till tomorrow. I mean, do it now. Wasn't that tip That's it. That's one? it. That's it. Tip number one. I'm going to do it now. I'm going to look it up, <laughs> and on my way home, I'm going to drive home and then send it to you now. Sounds good. You're the best. Brooklyn Walker. Have a good one. Thank you so much. She did it. That's amazing. I mean, again. How does she have time to do that? We freaked her out because we made her, you know, do a show with us. But she had stuff going on, James. You're really going to give me a couple grand? I don't know about that. <laughs> well, no, it's on the air now. Now we've documented Dang it. It's all right. No, I'm a poor college student. Well, man. you know what? Just write a check. Yeah, that's true. I could probably get a couple thousand dollars in student loans and send them your way. Let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to start the Matt Townsend Lung Foundation Fund for my lungs. Working is a lot of work, it sounds like. Whether you're at the office or at home, sounds like prioritizing is key. So I think that it is important to instill the value of work and a healthy understanding of money and kids. But also, as adults, sometimes we can get overzealous a little bit. So we need to keep ourselves in check. And like Susan said, we might not ever have a perfect balance of everything that we want in life. But I think it's about understanding the why and the purpose behind the various tasks and responsibilities in our lives. If we are extremely successful, wealthy, illustrious business people, but we completely forget to parent or forget to take care of ourselves or neglect those around us, is there really a point? I think work is a means to an end. And yes, we should enjoy it and put our effort into it and progress and learn from it, but it isn't the only important thing in life. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Join us again tomorrow for another episode of Matt Townsend.